Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a football Friday. It is Dave Sturgio. It is Chris Gucci. It is A5 Anthony Behind the Glass coming to you live from Chop Studios. Uh, well, uh... As predicted, the game was exhilarating, and Thursday Night Football absolutely delivered. We'll get into all that today. Uh, we'll preview a couple of the games that we think that Week 6 will deliver the goods when it comes to the Mojo market on guys you should definitely get in on, um, you know, or, or even short. Like I said last night, there was a certain guy that went out here and said, short Carson Wentz. I don't know who he is, but... Uh, Seems I'll, to be a stud, I'll, I'll and he knows your, what he's I'll talking give about. You flowers on that one, congrats! Dude. I mean, it was it, it was such a layup. I mean, yeah. and, and shout out to um, Ron Rivera. Who, shout out to me he's being like, I don't know, he's in a good spot. <laughs> he wasn't in a good spot at all. In ever. fact, he's not in a good spot as a quarterback. Like yeah. he, his his position should be something else because he's not a good quarterback. But Ron Rivera, who you know basically openly bashed him uh, a week ago or over the last uh, last week when he said the quarterback was the problem. And then he goes out last night after a win, and don't get me wrong, the Commanders won the game, right? So, like, in case everybody was completely forgotten, actually, the, the result of the game, uh, the, the Commanders get the win. Um, but Ron Rivera storms off because they're saying, like, you know, are, are, are you the guy that picked Carson Wentz? He's like, you know, it's not fair that, you, that you're picking on this guy. And I'm like, coach. You picked on this guy. <laughs> that was your fault, and and that's why the the, the media is going to be the media. And that's yeah, he's going back and forth. He he can't call out like his quarterback that. publicly, and then he publicly apologized. And now the media is making a shitstorm of it, which you expect the media to do. He doesn't want to hear it. And guess what? This is the NFL. You got to deal with it. Carson Wentz stunk last night. Carson Wentz has stunk for quite some time now. It could be the uh, the Taylor Heineke show soon. I mean, and 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 just you know, it is funny, but. We, you know, if you monitor to the report, uh, the the market like we do, and like everybody who uses Mojo does, you did notice there was a little uptick in a Taylor Heineke. There was a little uptick in a Sam Howell. Like Carson Wentz won the game, and they're still not in on him. We'll talk about Carson Wentz as we move in to the top movers of Thursday Night Football. Which again, it's like tongue in cheek. Like how many how many guys actually moved in the right direction? I think the top movers right now would be Al Michaels on the broadcast for putting up with that, and also just openly calling out Daniel Snyder in that situation that's happening right now. He's like, basically, third quarter, they had nothing to talk about. So he was like, oh, by the way, <laughs> the NFL wants you to uh, I'm surprised it team. took him that long. The NFL right. was probably like, please don't do this to <laughs> no, us. No, no. We don't I think the NFL did tell him to do that. That's actually a good point. Roger Goodell was probably like, hey, hey, Al, listen, when the game is just garbage, which we all predict it will be, uh, can you just give him a, like, a subliminal message that we want him out before things get hairy next week? Uh, but anyway, doesn't matter. That game is... Uh, the, oh, another exhilarating moment is the oversell of the shove of that offensive lineman very early. He just got like blatantly tapped and he kind of flopped like, uh, you know, not like the cameraman this that got shoved over. This is one of those over, games where I was, <laughs> I was like, had the luxury of not having to actually watch it. Uh, you it had on. to watch it. Come no, on. it was, I watched it. I put it on, but I was just working and doing other things, capping games and doing prep for today's show <laughs> while this game was going on because I knew you really weren't going to miss much. So I didn't get to see the exhilarating. Yeah, I was doing a lot uh, of, uh, I was doing a lot of uh, Twittering last night, you know, just based off of all the stuff on social media with, uh, you know, with, with Mojo and, and they did give out multipliers. Like we said, I mean, I can't guarantee it's going to happen all the time. They tried to, you know, get involved and, Let's have ourselves a day, and and maybe you did, because our first top mover is Justin Fields. Top movers. And Justin Fields last night, again, 
nothing to go crazy about. I feel terrible for this guy because he doesn't have a guy on the roster that can catch a ball. Like, Mooney comes down with that at the end. This is a whole different story, and the Bears win the game. Like, you can't. Ah, it's it's very frustrating to see how talented this guy could be because there was a couple throws that sailed. And I'm like, dude, if you just yeah. would have took a little off it, that's an easy walk-in touchdown. But the one thing I was yelling from the comfort of my own couch, I said, just just call it, like, toward, especially towards the end because maybe I had a little action on the Bears. I don't know, maybe, right? And I'm like, just call your own number, man. That's the only thing that's working right now. Just run. And um, he did run. He did run. He had 12 rushes, 12 attempts for 88 yards. Uh, through the air, 14 for 27, 190, a touchdown and a pick. The pick stunk, hit the guy's helmet, and, you know, they're, they're sitting under it waiting for a fair catch at this point. And, and it was I'm just wondering if the movement uh, attached to Justin Fields' game yesterday has anything to do with the fact that what you said, it's just like he has no help around him, and it's quite obvious that if there is anyone talented on that offense, I know Mooney, I, I'm, I'm high on Mooney, I'm just not high on him as a wide receiver one in this league. But he's, Justin, not, he's not high on the wide receiver one under this offense. Well, and any offense, if Darnell Mooney is your wide receiver one, you're probably in trouble at the wide receiver position. He's more of a compliment to somebody. But Justin Fields, I guess for the fact that there's just nobody else on the Bears offense that you could even look at as a viable option. Cole Komet. Cole Komet. A little, little really. tight end Any action. pass catcher in Chicago, I'm out on. They only throw the ball 15 times a game at best, right? I mean, I yesterday he threw, like he threw 27 times. And I was actually interested because – that's, That's a lot crazy of the, to me. Right. The analytics would tell you that based field? off the first four weeks of the season, five weeks of the season, the Bears were heavy on the run. They flipped the script last night, and I think they knew they were running into the belly of the beast with the, the Washington Commanders front. So they're like, all right, let's get this ball out quick. Let's do these screens. Let's do these quick routes. There were a couple times, and we talk, we're talking currently about Justin Fields, where you you saw a wide open receiver and Kirk Herbstreit did a great job saying like this is the transition between college and pro in the pro game the ball that was that could have been thrown the receiver was open you're not always going to get these guys running free like you the windows are so tight and and Fields could have laced it in there and he didn't at times and that's why while up his performance was okay Justin Fields for me is no longer a a long term play for me because I, I just Fields I got to you got to get him somebody you got to get him I somebody. I think Fields stinks a little bit. I I do think with the talent though, even though I'm not a fan of him, the Bears invested an insane amount of draft capital on him. They they don't have a pick for like the next ten years because of it, so he's gonna have no help anytime soon. But because of the talent, you have to imagine that because he they didn't give him any help whatsoever, they'll either a give him another contract. But even if they don't. There's definitely a team or a coach out there that's going to kick the tires on Justin Fields. So I wouldn't say he's completely out on long term, but you're going to have to be very, very patient on him. And I'm not I'm not the guy with that type of patience. I think there's too many options at that position that are a little more exciting right now. Speaking of not having any patience, it's all run out for Carson Wentz because he's our first downer of the day. Uh, last night, just abysmal. He Look, first of all, we'll talk about his counterpart last night as why this offense even clicked at all last night. But... Carson Wentz, just a bad game, 12 for 22, 99 yards passing, less than 100 yards passing. He rushes for two times, two yards. Like, he just, he was in disarray the entire time. Carson Wentz is the guy I told you yesterday to go short on forever, like forever now, because it's like not just a game by game basis, because it's going to come to a point where he loses his job, whether it be this year or into the offseason. I think it's this week. 
Yeah? Yeah, I think it might be this week. I mean, why wouldn't you? After I, all the stuff that Rivera just did? Like, trying to back him up now? Did he? Is he backing him up? Or is he, he did? No, he did. In the, in the post, no, in the post-game press conference, he goes, I was the one that looked at the analytical sheet that was, when he was in, in Indianapolis, I wanted him. This is my guy. So he's all like. All right, well, you just got yourself fired. <laughs> congrats. Congrats. Because you just fell on that sword. Who's going to fire him? James Snyder, <laughs> I think well, he, I, I think know. he should probably do no PR bad things. <laughs> well, I mean, forward. I feel like firing the coach that the team and the fan base probably wants gone. I know Ron Rivera is a good guy. He's and a likable the team guy, likes him, yeah. but I don't. I don't. You got to win football games, and if you're talking like you're the guy that decided to bring in Carson Wentz, well, guess what? You're liable <laughs> for that mistake. Wah, wah, wah. And I also think the vets in that locker room are all in on Taylor Heineke. He's taken them to the playoffs. He's won some big games for them before. They believe in him at least as a player. He could make things happen when he's, he's seven running, and eight as a starter. Running Tyler wild. Heineke. I don't think Taylor Heineke's the man by any stretch, but he's a better quarterback at this point for this team than Carson Wentz is. Just to so give you Carson right. Wentz may have started his last game on purpose. Meaning, like, nobody is going to be like, Carson Wentz is our guy going forward. We've seen enough on him. It's his third stop. But you know, don't get four opportunities. Here's here's my thing about Carson Wentz, and I said this yesterday. I said, look, man, this is his third team in six years, right? I said that. But also keep in mind how he was, how he landed in these spots. The Eagles traded him. The Colts traded him. It wasn't like a contract thing where it was like, oh, well, we don't know if we're going to sign him long term. No, they got rid of him without cutting him and got people back yeah, for Yeah, shout him. out to Taylor Heineke in the offseason. They asked him about earning the starting job. He's like, no. He's like, no, I'm coming in to be the backup. They paid Carson Wentz. They're paying him $30 million this season. They're not paying him $30 million to be the backup. But I'll just sit here and wait for a couple weeks because I know it's only a matter of time before either A, Carson Wentz gets hurt, or B, Carson Wentz stinks up the field. Give you an idea of a Ty a Tyler Han a Heineke, Heineken, whatever you want to call him. Started 15 games last year, a 7-8 and eight record as a starter. Um, completed 65% of his passes, so comparable and good. 20 touchdowns to... 15 interceptions. So the, the ratio isn't great. What are but the chances that they just cut Wentz altogether? Like, I didn't look at the contract Oof, details. I, I don't think but that But there's happens. a chance. I mean, why wouldn't they? If if they give Taylor Heineke the job, do they really want to have Carson Wentz the backup? They got Sam Howell in there. He's cool. also up major in the mojo market. I got a, uh, a question for you. Um, If Carson Wentz was, for, like, cut, outright just said, you know what, we're done. If Carson Wentz is cut, is there an NFL team that would claim him on waivers right now? No, like claim? No. Because if you claim him, you got to pay him. No. What? I'm no, just, absolutely not. Carson Wentz is a free agent. If he is, like, that's, that's he's incredible. not being claimed by anybody at that at that. <sighs> there was nope, a time. Nope. There was a time where people thought he was better than certain quarterbacks. Can we move on and to anyway, a little more exciting, positive, positive. Let's get It's football Friday. Let's get back up, everybody. Brian Robinson. Yes, we told you so. We said it for weeks. We, you know, I commented on one of Mojo's uh, tweets last night because I said, if there was only two dudes that have been banging you over the head to tell you to invest in Brian Robinson, I don't know who they are. It's both of us, right? So we've been saying Brian Robinson. He finally gets announced as the starter yesterday, midday. So they're like, all right, this, this is your team now. Go for it. Do your best, kid. Uh, Brian Robinson, 17 rushes, 60 yards, but he gets into the end zone for the first time in his career. A feel-good moment for the commanders and and basically, obviously, him uh, going through what he went through already. But, like, eight weeks removed after being shot, and, and the guy scores a touchdown in the NFL. What a story. Yeah, he's the starter. Anytime you're a starting running back and you get named the starter, that's huge for your market projections. So I think that the bad situation he's in is is probably going to pour a little cold water on it but it might keep that that uh entry price down a little bit i'm all in on brian robinson as you said as we said about it. plenty look but this is the time is now because he's about to reset that um that market 
expectations soon. If he has a big week next week, which I don't know who they play, but you would imagine that if they do make the switch at quarterback, the offense is better. So if that does happen, they do have receivers on the outside. You Brian really think Robinson, they're going to make the switch? I really do. If not this week, the week after. After a win. Look at his numbers. I understand. Though. He didn't even I throw mean, for 100 yards. You but. say win. I say Darnell Mooney dropped a touchdown pass. But the, the defense stuffed him at the hey, goal line. Hey, what's the age old? A win is a win. A win is they a win. They really took that to full advantage yesterday. A win is a win. All right, and so the commanders after, have got their second get, win of the year. After they get beat by two touchdowns next week, then what? Then you make the switch. Right, fine. So maybe you buy. But here, here it is. Short. Carson Wentz, sure. I'm not talking about Carson Wentz anymore. It's 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 already getting my blood boiling. But Brian Robinson seems to be the guy over there in Washington. So hopefully he continues his upward swing. If you're an investor in him, I know I got in on him yesterday, um, and, and I got in on him at, at a low price, so a little bit lower than this. Um, but he shot up a little bit. Those touchdowns will do you wonders over on the Mojo Market. So get yourself involved with Brian Robinson right now because again, even if this offense continues to struggle, they do have a decent offensive line. And that offensive line will push a couple people back where Robinson will average anywhere from 60 to 80 to maybe have a couple hundred-yard performances going forward. So keep your eye on that. All the goal line work, that's what yes, we're, that's that's what we're another talking thing. about. No, no, all the goal line work. 100%. That was a huge thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, so that's the start of week six. You would hope and assume that week six delivers just a little bit better <laughs> than what we saw last night, and I think we will. So we're going to start by previewing a couple of these games and giving you a little insight as to why you should be watching them if you're an investor in the Mojo market. One being starting with the Green Bay Packers and the New York Football Jets. We'll start this on a local front. We'll get Chris's blood boiling a little bit with this one uh, because, no, again, right. the Packers coming off a loss in London. Um, the record, for first of all, the record for the head coach over there after a loss, he hasn't lost, right? He's never lost two games no, in a yeah, row. they're undefeated. So that's that's something to just keep your eye on. Uh, one thing I will say is that as far as the mojo market, I'm currently invested in one Brees Hall. I'm currently invested in one Zach Wilson. On the long term, Zach Wilson with multipliers. So there's a couple things that do factor in there. Um, Zach Wilson right now is, is looking, uh, again, it's hard to predict what he can do the rest of the way. But the Packers secondary right now is only giving up 194 yards through the air a game, which to my standards in a passing league, that's low. So I don't expect Zach Wilson to go out there and throw the ball all over the place. On the flip side, Brees Hall, who is now just $11.66 to get involved with Brees Hall, uh, he's up 9% on the week. He's up 13% over the course of the last month. Brees Hall is trending up, and the Green Bay Packers are close to giving up 200 yards on the ground each game. Does that... I know for you as a fan, it worries you, but does it intrigue you if you're a Brees Hall investor? Well, I am a Brees Hall investor. That is it true. does intrigue me. As a Packer fan, it makes my blood boil, as you <laughs> said earlier. But look, yeah, the Packers are the second worst defensive line in football when it comes to stopping the run. And it, it makes my skin... I just can't understand the fact of how many defensive lines in football are good at getting to the quarterback but cannot stop the run. The prime example of that is the Green Bay Packers. I just can't understand it. It's so frustrating to me. But, look, it's not all bad because defensively stopping the pass, that's what their strength is. The Jets have been airing it out more often than any team in football this year. They have a highest pass percentage in terms of their play selection in all of the league. And um, they're, they're averaging 276 through the air. They're going to have to change it up a little bit if they're going to want to compete in this game I don't know. Packers, like you said, coming off of a loss in the Matt LaFleur era, they are going to pound the football. They're going to run the shit out of the ball. I can't imagine 30, 30 or more carries in any single game the Packers have lost in the following week. 
they handed 30 they hand the ball off 30 times or more right if you look back to week two in the chicago game aaron jones had like 180 rushing yards they went off i think matt lafour is going to hand the ball off a ton of times this game and the jets defense they're good at both things it's actually surprisingly it surprised me that they're top 10 in in getting to the quarterback and they're actually top 10 in adjusted line yards against the run so the jets defense is good i just think with the packers offensive line gelling the way they have been running the football it's going to be a tough stop for uh, the Jets defense. Somebody to keep Aaron your Jones. eye on is, is, is as far as yesterday when we built our portfolio. If you want to watch that show, it's available on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Uh, we built our portfolio. One of the guys uh, was Romeo Dubs. The reason why I I, I kind of highlight him is because he's up 24% over the last month. So he's on the rise. He seems to be in favor with Aaron Rodgers. And we all know if you become a Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, uh, what is my mm, confidant? No, that's not the word I'm looking for trusted source all right if you're a trusted receiver under a Aaron Rodgers offense you're going to get the fed a lot you're going to get fed a lot and I look at the Jets passing yards allowed 217 a game so far they could be had through the air sauce Gardner is obviously playing very well but if I'm looking at the yeah, if looking know. at anything from the Packers offense perspective right now which I know it hasn't really got off the ground yet I want to assume that this is a game for Dobbs. I think this is a game for Aaron Rodgers I think this is that's their only way I know you said they want to pound I the worry. Rock. But, but I worry the, about their ability the Jets to get are, open. The Jets are only giving up just over 100 yards a game on the ground, and there's a lot of teams that are a lot better than that. So, uh, I mean, not much better than that. So, therefore, the, their their run defense is actually pretty good. I mean, like, if I'm looking at which one's better, it's definitely their pass defense because they shut – look at the teams that they've actually had to deal with receiver-wise. Last week against Miami, um, they shut those two down. I know it was not the – it wasn't Tua in there, but mm-hmm. still, those receivers they have they get open. And on the season, going into the week last, uh, going into the game last week, DJ Reed zero catches over twenty yards this season allowed, one catch over fifteen yards. Um, so they could be had zero touchdowns. Yeah. No, no, no. Meaning like what? they haven't given them up. Oh, <laughs> Sauce Gardner hasn't. Friday, given, it's early. Sauce Gardner hasn't even given up a touchdown yet this season. These two or quarters, in his life wasn't he like? I mean, maybe no, ever or college. I think maybe he, ever. Honestly, I think that so, was the stat behind him yeah, that he didn't give up a touchdown. Sauce Gardner is really good. Romeo Dobbs. I know that he's been playing well, but this he might be a little overmatched in this one. Their Packers receivers are going to struggle to get open. They're going to have to be creative, and they're going to have to work everything off of the run, which I expect them to do. Um, I'm going to. I'm out on the Packers pass catchers in this one. It's really all about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon for me. I think that the run, the run, the run, and let Aaron Rodgers do what he has to do late. But we're living in a world right now that um, Packers are going to win Monday, this game big, I think. <laughs> come Monday, we could be living in a world where the Packers have dropped two in a row, one to the Giants, one to the Jets, and no, I have no. to find a new co-host because he's gone. <laughs> no, it won't no, show no. up. We'll see. We'll no, see. No, no. Staying on the local front to the New York football giants as they host the Baltimore Ravens. In fact, a little tidbit here, myself and Chris will actually be at the game. We'll be at the tailgate uh, with Mojo. The Mojo street team is out there. The bus will be out there. Um, the whole bunch of crew, the crew will be out there. So if you want to come check out the giants game, look for us. We're in the big neon green uh, shirt and apparels. And then of course the big blue bus. So go check us out there. Um, the big thing that I want to say about this one, and is again, I'm a company guy. So when like things get put out there good about the Giants, nine times out of ten, before I was working with Mojo, I would say, ha, I'm not, I'm not talking, I don't care about that, you know. But it, truth be told, you know, when you're investing in the Mojo market and me trying to give you the best advice, this game for Daniel Jones, if he keeps playing the way he's been playing, and again, he's got 
848 yards through the air, just three touchdowns, two, uh, two interceptions. He's run two in, right? But the big thing here is that the Baltimore Ravens are giving up 305 yards a game through the air. So that is a big, big deal. My only question is this. Who are you throwing the ball to? <laughs> that, that's the that's the age-old, you know, ah, I mean, they don't have – if they wanted to – I think they're in on a receiver. I think they're in on a receiver, meaning Carolina's kind of starting to talk about shipping off parts. Even if you added a mediocre Robbie Anderson, you know, it would significantly at least put some respect on the receivers to, to, to play them a little different because he could blow the top off. Daniel Jones needs help. But I think that this underneath game could be very, very valuable to him. Bellinger's coming on a little bit, right? So the Giants, I'm talking about Daniel Jones, but then on, uh, on the same side of the ball, like Saquon Barkley's having himself a career year. And we said it, if he stayed healthy, he would be one of the better running backs in football. And he is. He's doing just that. He's got 533 on the ground, leads the NFL. He leads the NFL in rushing through five weeks. That's insane to me. You know, like last year we're saying, oh, I wonder if they're just going to outright cut him, you know, because of all the injuries. But now the Giants are kind of rolling. They're four and one. You can't take the record away. I could say a million times to all my Cowboy friends, ah, they haven't beaten anybody. And then they beat the Packers in London. I'm like, well, that was in London. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm making a lot of excuses for the Giants four and one record. And it just turns out that the Giants are actually playing well. Yeah. And the Ravens defense isn't playing. well. No. I do think this is a tough spot for the Giants. There's a little bit of overvalue coming in on them going into this game. Luckily, we're not capping it. We're just going to talk about the mojo market. <laughs> um, yeah, the Ravens defense, like I said, they're near the bottom 10 in the league in, in all categories. It's crazy. They're giving up 413 a game. 413 a game. There's a lot to be said about what they were dealing with in the back end throughout the first four weeks of the season. They finally got their secondary a little bit more healthy, and they have been playing better. Mm -hmm. um, that Miami game in the second half really, really cut in and made a lot of the optics look bad when you stare at their well, the averages, team numbers yeah. altogether. 100%. That passing yards, they gave up like 500 yards. Right, so that that's game. why the average is 305. And they, had, like, and they had a fourth rounder and a fifth rounder and a third rounder all playing back there on an island. It wasn't good no. against those wideouts. Mm -mm. The Giants don't have those wideouts, but the Giants, what they do have is they have Saquon Barkley. And I saw it last week firsthand. This guy is obviously a machine this year. He's doing everything. I worry a little bit about his usage because he has been injured. He is back all the way from that injury. But, you know, in this league, you get in the ball 20, 25 times a game. You saw the shoulder right. get nicked up a little bit last week. It's going to start to add up on Dan, on um, Saquon Barkley. They're going to need to give him a little he's bit. He's almost of averaging 20, or, uh, 20 carries a game. He's, he's need, at right around 97, 100. So and, he's right and there. And not only that, plus the pass catching involved. Yeah, so he's getting a lot of reps. He's getting a lot of um, involvement. The one thing I do want to say about the Ravens, like I think the Ravens will come out and they will play good as far as offensively. The uh, J.K. Dobbins effect right now. Over the last month, he's up 13%. I would get in on a J.K. Dobbins for the sole purpose that the Giants are averaging, giving up 200 yards on the ground every week. So that's a big, big deal for me. And, and J.K. Dobbins is sitting there, um, you know, at, at a fairly nice price. You know what I mean? Like there's not... There's not many guys out there that you can get the value right now, J.K. Dobbins, because the jury is still not out on him. People are still kind of nervous or timid to go in on a J.K. Dobbins because of the fact that he missed the entire season last year with injury. But before that, everybody has to realize that this guy was busting off like seven, eight yards a clip. He's going to eat this week. So I expect, believe it or not, when you look at a Giants-Ravens game on paper from like the past, of like, you know, just thinking about the historical matchups, and you're like, oh, good defenses, and 
this is going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I like this game a lot to watch, especially if um, I'm invested in a day-trade situation if over I'm at going, Mojo. If I'm going in on anybody right now on the Ravens' offense, it's Mark Andrews. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, we talked couple, about him he's earlier. He's had a couple down weeks in a row. They are definitely going to be looking to get him involved. The Giants are terrible stopping the tight end, and it's continued on to this season. Um, Mark Andrews, I think in their last matchup, had like 180 receiving yards. Yeah. I don't know for, for no, a no, fact, no, he, he did have a nice Mark game. Mark Andrews destroyed them in their last game. Yeah. And, um, I expect more of the same. The one thing that I want to say to keep an eye on in this one is the Ravens have typically started hot this season, meaning they come out of the gate and they play well early in the first quarter. Um, they haven't been able to quite finish games. And if you look at the Giants, it's quite the opposite. Even week one against Tennessee, last week against Green Bay, they've been a terrible team in the first half. But in the second half, the Giants have been by far the best team in football. It's but actually crazy to me. So Daniel Jones has been playing well in crunch time, and Lamar Jackson hasn't been. I will, I, I will agree with you that that's what we've seen already, but I will also say that if you get down to this Ravens team early, I don't think they're built to come back tremendously. I'm talking, When I say tremendously, I know they came back against the Packers, but I'm saying, like, let's just say it's a 17, 20-point hey, lead at half. Hey, I don't see that it, it, the Ravens here's, here's the thing. let off. And here's the thing. I, I agree with you. When you look at the team on paper, you're like, okay, they don't have receivers. They don't – but – they don't really deviate from their game plan when they get down, and I think that's been the major strength is that they believe in what they're doing, and Brian Dable makes these adjustments at halftime that that's the thing that I want to talk about the most is because this coach has this team playing. He's getting the most out of their talent. I don't know if Daniel Jones is as good as he's been playing in the crunch time, but it doesn't matter because the proof is in the pudding. They have the results. The results are there, and the way you see him getting in a player's face at just the right time, he pushes the right buttons. I don't think the Giants are going to win this game, and I think it's a bad spot for them. Mm -hmm. um, but I really do like the coach, and I'm not going to really play in this one. I think Andrews is my only guy that I'm going to go after. Saquon, I'm a little bit worried about. I just think the Giants' offense, I'm going to need to see a little bit more. And I think the Ravens' defense has been is better than what they've played so far this season. So we'll see if it all comes together. I, That's what I think. That's why I'm only in on Andrews. I here. just find it so fascinating for me as a guy on the outside watching Daniel Jones play in the first five weeks of football, where I was like, short Daniel Jones, short Daniel Jones. And now I'm watching. Definitely not short Daniel Jones. And now I'm looking, Jones. I'm like, man, that was a pretty bad decision Definitely on my can't part. short Daniel Jones at this point. All right, he's, let's breeze over a couple more a before we get out of here. Obviously, the, the, the game of the week in the NFC East, however, is the Cowboys and the Eagles. Sunday night football. Um, they're going down and um, all in Philadelphia, which again, that leads you to believe that Philadelphia is up for this game. It's been Dallas week all week long, so they're very excited about that. Both teams letting up 210-plus uh, through the air, so I expect a little bit more of a passing game, and that does not fare well for a Dallas Cowboys team in which all signs are showing that Cooper Rush will start again. Now, does he keep the winning mojo? Yes, play on words. I've done that. Um, but I don't know. So the pass catchers in Dallas – I'm out on today. I know that the Eagles secondary and the Eagles defense can be had because I've watched this team thoroughly through the first five weeks, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? The Eagles defense is just not that good, and they're letting bad teams score points. So the Cowboys are a competent team. I'm not saying they're good by any stretch right now offensively, but I expect them to get going. Ezekiel Elliott, I know he's you know he's a long-term play. He warms my heart, but like for me, just to hold on to him for the rest of his life. But the, the, the fact is... When he plays the Commanders, the Giants, or the Eagles, Zeke eats. He does eat, and he's had some of his best games in Philadelphia, so keep your eye on that. But again, I will say that the the one of the worst things about the Cowboys' defense, which, by the way, top five defense across the board, but 
their run defense can be had. There is a really good running quarterback across from them, and there's a really good running back in Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders um, right now is actually sitting, believe it or not, in the market right above Tony Pollard. So it's like, and and Sanders is a all down back. You know, he's in there a lot more. So expect more splash plays. I don't want to see it personally. I just think it's going to happen. It's inevitable. So yeah, the the thing that I'm worried about as far as the Philly offense in this one is their pass protection. They're not terrible, but they haven't really been great either. Against Dallas, you're going to need to be great. They I think have, they might be down a tackle this week, too, to be honest with the you. The Eagles, well, that's yeah. not going to play well no. for them. Yeah, the, the Cowboys have been ruining games with their defense. You could say what you want about how good Cooper Rush has been playing, and honestly, he's made the plays that he's needed he's to playing make. playing competent. I watched the touchdown uh, pass that he threw to Gallup a couple weeks ago, and I was like, well, that was a really nice ball. So he is making plays, but let's not – let's call it what it is. It's the Cowboys' defensive front that's winning them games. That's the reason why they are where they are. And if they're going to be anything to do with – have anything to do with beating the Eagles, it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. You're probably going to see a little bit of Zeke. But the problem is I hope for Dallas' sake that Philly doesn't get out to an early lead because then I question Dallas' ability yeah. to play comeback I, against anybody, let alone the Eagles. Um, the high-powered offense. But the Eagles haven't played well in the second half of football games either. So there is that. Philly's jumped out to an early lead, and they've let teams back into it several games this season. And if you thought I had bags under my eyes every day on this show, <laughs> Sunday Night Football into a mojo show on Monday, that'll be fun. Offensively, <laughs> Dallas, they're pretty much going to have to be forced into being one-dimensional in this game. Mm. They haven't been really that great at protecting the passer, and Philly has 17 sacks in the season. They're in top five in, in rushing the quarterback. They are um, top three in defending the pass in general, and their secondary is really good. They're, ter- they're getting turnovers. They're getting sacks. Dallas has to just dumb this one down, slop it up a little bit, and turn it into a rushing game, and then take all the high-powered Philly offense out of the game and just hand the ball off a ton of times, and hopefully they could keep the ball out of their hands. But in games like that, again, I'm a little hesitant in playing the mojo market because I I feel like— I feel like there's a lot of wild stuff that's going to potentially happen in this game, and I think the defense is going to be making both quarterbacks pay in the backfield. So for that reason, I'm just going to pump the brakes. Oh, I thought you were shark tanking that one. I, I don't for that short, reason, I'm out. There's too much talent on the Eagles for me to short them because I don't buy into that. Like, I think that there's a chance that the Eagles offense, a couple of these guys could blow up. And as far as Dallas goes, I'm not going to short Zeke because the Eagles defense is not good against the run, but I also don't believe in Zeke quite well either. So I'm just going to, again, I'm staying clear of this game. I know that So for those reasons, he's out. You ever watch Shark Tank? You know who my favorite shark is? Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Chiefs-Bills, one of the high-powered offenses. Both are doing battle uh, in this one. Not much to talk about outside of the fact that the obvious is, is Patrick Mahomes and it's Josh Allen. Now, I say Josh Allen, and I put a little uh, emphasis into Josh Allen because the Chiefs offense, uh, I'm sorry, the Chiefs defense is giving up 331 through the air. So this just means that we might see another big performance out of Josh Allen And for the first time in his career, Patrick Mahomes is a home dog. So the Chiefs are underdogs at home against the Buffalo Bills this week. That's something to keep in mind because chip on the shoulder type stuff. Mahomes wants to prove people wrong. This might be a slugfest. I feel like I'm here for it. I'm in on the Chiefs in this one. I'm betting the Chiefs in this one. And (laughs) look. The Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, a a he's never actually he's undefeated against the spread when he's an underdog. So that's that's that. That's fun. Let alone being at home underdog is the first time ever. No, 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 no. The disrespect is real. Patrick Mahomes is looking at this and being like, "Do they not know? They didn't watch. They haven't watched the last couple seasons of football." (laughs) Again, this game is going to be a fun one to watch. 
And I'm if, in on every every offensive player that's catching the ball from both of these quarterbacks, and I'm in on both of these quarterbacks for this one. We saw, yeah, we saw a spike in Gabe Davis last week. We saw spikes uh, all over the Chiefs. Does that playoff game last, last uh, That's what I'm saying. Come like this, listen, now this is, there's this a lot is, of— We've been waiting a, for this game all year. Yes, this one was a very big circle on the calendar type game for all fans across the board. This one's going to be an offensive juggernaut. Put your multipliers in on Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the ways that you can – they have a lot of bank value already. So this is the way to play them for the rest of their careers. They're never going to see past what the floor is now. Well, so like, well, well. What? Unless you use multipliers. So careful. Don't use multipliers if you think that they, they can't exceed – they could definitely okay. They could correct you. Yeah, shoot right down to the pits of <laughs> Expert hell. Expert over here tells if you, me like, if yeah. you use multipliers, that floor that's there that goes away, and you have a new one. So yeah, be careful. Okay, with the multipliers. I'm still on assuming with assuming that they can't go down. They I'm can. still all in on both of these guys. Yeah, these guys too. are incredible. Both of them. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, all right, final one, real quick. Let's breeze over it because we're running out of time here, but. We want to talk about the Falcons and the 49ers. Now, I know you're looking at it like, what? Why? You know, like, where's the offenses there? Well, okay, they got Debo. And all right, I guess. The big thing to watch here is the 49er passing game because the Falcons, all right, they've given up 290 yards a game through the air. So go ahead and go and maybe take a gander at Debo. Maybe take a gander over at Brandon Ayuk. But I feel like this week, finally, for the first time in six weeks, it's the George Kittle show. Get me in on George Kittle this week. But speaking of tight ends, one guy that we're waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen this year is Kyle Pitts. How do you feel Kyle Pitts is going to fare against the 49ers defense, which is one of the best in football, if not the best in football right now? I feel like this is one of those games where it's going to be played indoors and both teams are going to act like it's 10 degrees and <laughs> snowing because neither team is going to be throwing the ball all that much. I know the, the Falcons secondary can be had, but it's Jimmy G. And maybe they hit these guys underneath, but I still think it's about running the football. Mm. And there's a little bit of a, a let me prove it to you, who's the more power rushing team. Atlanta came in, and they they took it to Cleveland. Cleveland's been known to be the power running team. And Atlanta at home, they ran the ball all over Cleveland in that second half. The offense has been playing well, but they're starting to get banged up. Cordero Patterson is Both gone. teams. Both teams are without their starting running back. Yeah, well, Elijah Mitchell and Cordell Patterson. But Jeff Wilson has been having a, a Wilson's nice, having he's him been filling in. That's nice. somebody you want to keep your eye on because his, and they his do have Debo is low. waiting in the wings. The 49ers have way more talent on the offensive side of the ball than the Falcons do. But let's talk about the 49ers defense quickly. <laughs> Everybody talks about how great Dallas's pass rush is, and it's great. Don't get me wrong. But the 49ers have. I know that Dave's going to get crazy about this, but the 49ers might have the best defensive line in football. They're top two. I'm not crazy about it. I'm, I'm not going to get crazy about it. They lead the NFL in sacks, which Both, blew me the, away. The only the Niners and the, and the Cowboys have not given up 20 or more points yeah, in a season the, so far. The 49ers lead the NFL in sacks by one. I know it's not many, but the 49ers are getting after the quarterback. They're, they're good. stopping the run. Very good at football. All the power rushing stops t uh, numbers. They're the number one in the league. Um, I know that the identity of the Falcons has been to run the football, run the football, run the football this season. It's just simply not going to work against defense, the 49ers' defense. Right. If there is an opening there, and now, albeit a small one, because the Falcons' offensive line isn't going to make create much time for Mariota to throw the football, but the 49ers did just lose their starting corner to an ACL. He's out for the season. If there is an opening... You could see Drake London exposing that a little bit. I like Drake London. You okay. could see Kyle Pitts get a little bit more involved because I know there's frustration building amongst him, fantasy owners, mojo uh, investors, you name it. Kyle Pitts, he's too talented to hold down for too long. I just worry about the amount of time, like I said, that Mariota's going to have to throw. The 49ers defense is too good. I feel like this is a gift. I'm going with um, 
none of the Falcons' offense. And I'll probably just ride Debo because I the, the Falcons haven't been able to stop anybody. And while I do think they're going to run the ball a lot, the 49ers, hmm. it's going to be Debo that gets involved in the passing game. And even if not, he'll probably get some uh, handoffs as well. All right. A touchdown for Debo this week. Oh, a guaranteed touchdown coming from Chris. All right, so that'll do it for this week. We hope you guys enjoyed here today on the Mojo Market. Went a little longer today because, look, it's football. Uh, it's going to be football Sunday. It's football Friday here, and we're excited about the game. So be sure to follow Mojo on every single social media platform you could possibly do. Bust out your phone right now. Download the app. The biggest thing is to just get involved. Download the app right now. And, of course, follow them on Twitter, TikTok. Uh, what else? There's a Discord. It's all at Mojo. Go find them right now. Join the conversation. Talk to us. Hang out with us over on Discord. And, of course, go on to Mojo.com for all your in-depth analysis. Those bloggers and those writers over there are just top-notch guys. Again, they're providing me with a lot of insight. Um, you know, I, I think it was one of the guys over there, where do you get your notes? I'm like, well, we do have a couple of nice places to get them, but Mojo.com really does supply you with a boatload of information. So, for Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci, A5 Behind the Glass from Chop Studios, enjoy the football on Sunday. Come say hello if you're at the Baltimore Ravens New York Giants game. We'll see you guys back here on Monday morning. It's a pen toss. <laughs> pen toss. <laughs>